Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion Podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What's happening, youth workers? Hope that you're well today. Don't know what you have going on in your world. Uh, Maybe you're back to meeting with your youth. I hope you are. I really do. I know there are some churches that are holding off their meetings until, I don't know, Jesus comes back. They're just not going to, they're just not going to do it. Uh, maybe till 2021. And if you are, um, you know, postponing your plans to 2021, that's fine. But you, that doesn't mean you can't meet. Obviously you have Zoom meeting, which you're tired of by now. And I completely understand that. So, um, but regardless of whether you're having youth meetings or not, whether you're now listening to me in your earbuds as you run, uh, as you're you know going to the store, maybe you're sitting in front of your computer, uh, maybe you're writing your resignation letter. I, I don't know what you're doing, but what I do know is uh, that I love you guys. Uh, you youth workers are uh, frontline workers of the church. Uh, you are the ones in the harvest fields. You are the ones grabbing the attention uh, of young people and encouraging them and inviting them into a relationship with Jesus. And I want to thank you for that if nobody has thanked you lately for it. So we have a long show today. I'm interviewing Sean Bono. He is the author of Youth Empowered, and this is a very, very good episode. I, I don't mind. I don't mind saying that. I don't mind tooting the old horn there. That's mostly because of Sean, not because of me. Uh, Sean brings some tremendous value. We break down the process of empowering youth. We lay foundation. Uh, we don't just give six quick tips or those kind of things. This is a deep dive. You can listen to it in two parts, however you choose to do it. Uh, but listen all the way through. Take notes. Uh, there'll be a link in the description in the show notes, uh, for all the, all where you can find his book, all that good stuff. Um, but I do want to, before we jump into it, I I don't want to take too long on the front end here, but I do want to give my city shout outs, uh, city shout out Chicago. What's up, Chicago, Chicago. Uh, you've been listening a little bit this week. So, uh, thank you for listening in Chicago. Uh, Warren, uh, which I don't know where it is. SoundCloud has decided not to tell me where some of these these cities are. I know where Chicago is. I don't know where Warren is, uh, but uh, welcome Warren, wherever you are. If you want to tell me where you're from, feel free to uh, hit me with an email, thedproject.me.com. And then Ashburn, and I believe that's in, in Virginia or West Virginia. It's one of those. Uh, but once again, you've been listening and I want to thank you for your, uh, let me inside your earbuds uh, this week uh, to uh, be able to share with you um, how I can Uh, keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. That is the goal and purpose of this podcast. And I want to thank all of you that are listening for the very first time. I hope that you're going to find some tremendous value today for the complete notes, uh, written out uh, summations, all that kind of good stuff. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can check that out. Um, plenty of other stuff you can check out on the website at thedisciplesproject.net uh, and uh, lots of resources as well. So without any further ado, let's jump into the interview with Sean uh, Bono. And uh, I believe that you're going to grab 
um, some great, great ideas during this episode. So thank you and uh, enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome uh, to the podcast and welcome Sean Bono to Youth Ministry in Motion. Glad you're here. Thank you so much, Paul. It's an honor to be a part of the show with you. Uh, we have tried several times to put this together, and uh, unfortunately, it uh, would fall apart uh, for whatever reason. I think uh, COVID did us in last time, uh, several months ago. So That's the universal uh, excuse that we just have used all throughout 2020. Just blame it on COVID. Just blame it on COVID. That's it. And, and so, but I am glad that you are here communicating with me and uh, both with our uh, podcast audience, which uh, they're phenomenal, and our YouTube audience, they're phenomenal. Bunch of great youth workers out there who are going to be excited to hear about today about how to empower young people to lead. Uh, we're going to talk about your book. Uh, we're going to talk about principles. We're going to do all those things. Sean, tell the viewers and the listeners uh, a little bit about your youth ministry background. Sure. Yeah, I was uh, active, heavily active in youth ministry for almost a decade. Uh, I wore different hats along the way. So I was a, a youth mentor in, in some regard. I was a small group leader. I was uh, an empower team leader, which I guess we'll kind of get into as well uh, during our conversation here. I even a youth pastored as well for a season. And uh, right now I've sort of shifted more towards uh, coaching and uh, writing about youth ministry. That's my current role right now because uh, in my current church, I've, I've migrated to a small group ministry. So I'm the small group director at oh, my wow. church right now. That's, the, that's what the, the Lord put on my, on my path uh, for the time being. Well, that's fantastic. That's a, a great opportunity uh, for you. Uh, and you, in doing this, uh, I, and I want to jump right into your book because you talk about in the book, relational truth at the beginning there. Can you unpack that a little bit uh, and share why this is important to students, you know, to, uh, why relational truth is so important at the beginning of, of um, having uh, those relationships with young people? Yeah, relational truth, that's a huge topic. And uh, it really is a combination, a mashup of, of two different things. It's, it's uh, where today's youth are, are very hungry for relationship. And, and in some regards, they're kind of starving for relationship, especially for this year with COVID going on. Uh, but also too, that our students are hungry for truth. So relational truth is sort of like a mashup of the two. It's not just relationship and it's not just truth. And if youth ministry is only offering just one of those two, that's kind of missing the mark in some way. And with a world that has an abundance of technology and information, you know, we're not lacking anything. We can find anything at the search of, of anything in Google, right? And yep. I always say, if students want to read their Bible, they can, it's on their phones. It's not just information that they're looking for, it's the, uh, or that they lack. They lack the, the, the level of re relational connectivity from which the truth is, is derived from. And so uh, when you combine both of those, you get the relational truth. And, um, and so our youth are kind of astoundingly intuitive at knowing where that is. Yes. I mean, have you ever like seen a, a, a millennial or a Gen Z or scrolling furiously through their social media feeds and then they like suddenly just abruptly stop and they look at a video or an article that mm -hmm. they found and right. they, they have to have that, that discernment, it, it, you know, with all the fake news going on and the, the posts of their quote friends that they, that they do or, or, or don't like in some regards, they have to be able to find that genuine relational truth that's worth their time. And so they can sense it really. Uh, and, and if youth ministry isn't providing that for them, they'll 
I'm sure they'll find it somewhere else. And, and we see that uh, a lot with youth leaving the church today. Well, that is such a, a great point, Sean, because w- when they stop, when they're scrolling, right, what are they scrolling for? They're scrolling for that reel, right? They're scrolling for that quote or that um, graphic or something that connects with them that's worth stopping on, hmm. right? Because they're scrolling through their friends, uh, you know, uh, I, whatever beach pictures or you know some crazy uh, stunt they're doing uh, but in reality what they're looking for is something very real and I think yeah. that's such a critical because that's where yeah you know how we pass on truth right to individuals and young people is through relationship right yeah. it's it's the truth is only as real to them as the relationship is with yeah. them would yes. you agree with that Absolutely. And, and relationship is sort of like a vehicle for truth, right? Because um, if you just hammer Bible verses all day from the pulpit, it's going to go in one year and out the other. And it's not because the Bible's wrong or false. It's completely right. true. But it's the fact is, have you touched the, the, the relationship level and have you pierced their heart at that level to where it actually is inscribed upon their hearts? Right. And why Jesus was such a master at yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. It was all about the relationship and the, and the, and truth uh, was manifested in those relationships. I think of when Pete, when he's having a conversation with Peter, listen, you got to have a relationship with somebody before you start saying like, get behind me, Satan. I think that's important. (laughs) (laughs) I I just think that's a look youth workers. If you're going to say it, you better have a really, really strong relationship. You mean it's not in the top three things to say to a new guest at the first night that they come to your youth ministry? Well, it, it, <laughs> I'm going to say no. So yeah, no, don't, don't, unless you, unless you never want that guest to come back, <laughs> unless you're thriving for a, you talk about being involved with small groups. If you would like to have a small group ministry, just tell everybody that comes in that. Right, right. Hello, welcome, and get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Why does this sound like a Saturday Night Live skit? This just sounds like how how a meeting should not go. Yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, you'll have very, very, very small groups. Small very, small groups. very small groups. So feel free to practice. That's a free tip there uh, from uh, from Sean there. <laughs> so be sure to do that. In your book, Youth Empowered, you talk about this. Um, where you start breaking, talk about small groups, you, you, you break down the roles of youth workers uh, in both small, medium, and large churches. How does this dynamic change from, uh, from each of those? I think you, it's, a, it's a great observation of how this works in each of these. Yeah, so uh, there's because there's different dynamics for how a youth ministry would operate, depending on the size. I mean, not all things are applicable in a small or medium or large size in youth ministry. And when I say that, I sort of mean like uh, for the purpose of our conversation, like small being like zero to 20 students, right. sure. uh, medium being sort of like 20 to 50, and then large, basically 50 or more from that point on. And uh, so there, there's different needs for the youth ministry at every point. And then I also uh, would want to say that uh, the way that I come at it would probably more be more of like with the intention of making a student-led youth ministry. So 
what you'll find in the book is that everything is sort of written through that through that lens, uh, so to speak. So with that in, in mind, having the different roles in place, you've got uh, different dynamics going on between your youth pastor, your youth leader, your students, your parents. Um, and so when you've got the earlier stages of, uh, let's say if you're smart starting small, you, you are probably vision casting more for a student-led youth ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, if you have the goal, and it's an audacious radical goal in, in some cases, in some churches, to have students do the majority of the ministry in the youth ministry, uh, then you probably are going to want to vision cast that early on and say to the students, here's what we can do, here's what you can do, here's what, uh, the, whether it be preaching or leading in worship or praying over uh, the ministry, anything of that sort. And so kind of like, you know, with Rick Warren and Saddleback, his first service was in his living room. I'm sure he casted a big vision on that first night to get to where Saddleback is today. Uh, And then of course, as you grow in your, in your, in your size of your ministry, uh, you'll maybe take a little, not that you'll never stop vision casting. We always vision cast, but um, you probably start to migrate more into the administrative or structural sort of strategy of mm-hmm. having a student-led youth ministry and, and where do you place people uh, to take care of a certain opportunity that fits their spiritual giftings. And so um, the youth pastor will probably take a step back from mentoring students at that point and then begin to maybe more mentor youth leaders or youth ministers. I use them sort of interchangeably. Youth sure, ministers. sure. Uh, and so that way, because there's always this misconception, right, that the youth pastor has to do everything. And that's just not, it's not right. It's not uh, healthy, really. It, it causes burnout. Exactly, exactly. And, and we all know, you, you've spoken on it, the burnout of youth pastors. It's, it's, yep. uh, it's not exac- exactly what we want to have. So um, when we have this misconception, it's sort of like adult church, right? The head pastor doesn't do that in the adult church, right? He doesn't individually mentor every single person in the church. Right. Uh, he'll have hidden ministry leaders who then go forth and, and mentor the others. And so what we do that is as your youth ministry grows, you'll have that sort of same structure. And, um, and a lot of that is related there too with the, how the structure of adult church can relate to the structure of uh, youth ministry because the youth pastor will eventually become a more behind the scenes figure who right. will probably take next to no credit for the stuff that they do. And they, they're, they're like acting like a mirror, right? They, they shine and reflect the praise and the uh, comments and, and all the good stuff back on to the leaders and the students and, and just basically saying, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I'm so excited for the things that are going on in the ministry because of what you guys are doing and just sort of giving all that praise back to them. And, uh, and also to respect their spiritual giftings as well um, helps with that. Yeah, sure. And that's, and that, 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 that image of mirroring, you know, there's so many guys who do youth ministry alone, or yeah. they have taken it all upon them uh, to do that. The problem with that is, as you've, you've alluded to there, is that the youth pastor then has to judge himself, yeah. has to then uh, gather all the praise for himself to validate the job that he's doing. Yeah. He has to, he has to then take comments, criticisms. He has to, you know, it all comes to him. And then he has to then identify, uh, uh, you know, that he, that he gets his identity 
from am I doing a good, jo- good job from those around him versus what you're saying that in the model, whether it's small, medium, or large, he then starts or she starts to then pass on those things. And rather than try to gather up, you know, his identity, his or her identity in the work they're doing, he's, he or she is mirroring the work that others are doing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just uh, encouraging them and, and giving them an uplifting uh, uh, bit of advice or mentorship or coaching to help them. Uh, so that way there's no, there's no pressure that the youth pastor has to do everything. And, and there's so much uh, burden on the youth pastor to be creative 100% of the time. And even the most creative people, th- there's a, there's a level, right? There's this degree at some point where yeah. it's just, it's enough. Now, I'm, I'm less creative. Uh, me, my, that's my personality. So I, I, in my role when I was a youth pastor, I really needed uh, to, <laughs> the assistance of other people who were more creative than me to sort of uh, be that, uh, that spark of interest for the students and the other leaders. And I, and I, I let them, I gave them the platform to do that. Yeah. Well, and exactly. And you talk about, you know, before we get to empowering the students, and, and we're, we're, this is kind of segues into what we were just talking about, but empowering your team. Uh, because they in turn will empower students. So then what are some of the things that you did to empower your leaders? Uh, I think a lot of it is dealing with trust and in terms of um, trusting the, their calling for the youth ministry. There's, uh, you, you wouldn't want a youth leader joining your youth ministry and then all, all of a sudden they, they sit on the sidelines through the whole entire service and they didn't do anything. And yeah. then they walk away from the service wondering why in the world they joined youth ministry. Yeah. And uh, they have a calling on their lives. They have spiritual gifts too, right? They, they want to be able to bless the kingdom with their spiritual gifts and whether it's teaching or whether it's simply just uh, being of, uh, of a good, of, of helps or encouragement or praying. Um, everybody has a, a different reason why uh, the Lord's calling them to the youth ministry, but we want to respect that, right? They're not employees. They're volunteers. Uh, they, can, they can leave as quickly as they uh, came in that sense. So we, we, we don't want to uh, treat them in a manner that uh, demands anything, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or last-minute preparation uh, that, uh, that if you just simply emailed everybody a few days before, everything would have been okay, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. but, um, but to have faith that the Lord has called them and to communicate your trust in them uh, and, and to be more of a peer than a supervisor um, yeah. because the transparency is, is absolutely vital. So that way they know that the direction of the, if you have meetings with senior leadership of the church, simply informing them of some of the decisions that were made that, that impact them can sometimes just help build that trust and to celebrate that diversity because they've got spiritual gifts that you don't have. Um, like, as I just mentioned earlier with me and my creativity. And right. so we celebrated that diversity and we gave them a platform and we allowed them to sort of thrive in, in those spiritual giftings that we have. So by empowering them and giving them trust and communicating that and being transparent all at the same time, it then came back in, uh, in equal amounts as well. Sure. And uh, I'll ask you a, another question that has to do with this, but I, I want to get into talking about uh, student leadership in small, medium, and large churches, because I think you do, a, 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 once again, a great job of breaking that down of what student leadership looks like in all three of those arenas. So tell me a little bit about 
what it looks like from a small meeting, because I think there's a lot of small churches who are watching and listening that think they have to run their student leadership or, or do something and they have to model it after what some big church is doing, which uh, I think you would agree that they do not right. and probably should not. Right. model it after something else that that is the dynamics are, are very different for them so go ahead and break down for our audience here what student leadership look, looks like in the small medium and large absolutely uh well i think even regardless of size and, and i'll comment on the size for sure but even regardless of size i think it does tie a little bit into how the youth pastors also communicate with the youth leaders and the youth ministers is that uh for example I had the word kids. That's a, that was a, a dirty four-letter word when I was sort of doing, not, not that I died on the hill or became militant with anybody, but sure. I really encourage folks, try not to use the words kids uh, or, or buddy. Hey, buddy. Well, unless you maybe don't remember their name. That's maybe a safe thing, you know, and that's they'll save go-to. you. That's yeah. my go-to. You can't take that from me, Sean. But don't take you, it from me. If you know the person and they know you, hey, buddy, you know, that's almost like it's kind of condescending in some ways. And so right. just simply how we talk with our youth and how, to our students, that, that alone is sort of the subconscious sort of uh, um, peer sort of leveling and and how we treat them and how we genuinely want to communicate with them as peers that alone is in self-empowering and it could um, uh, help in in terms of uh, helping the student believe that they can serve the ministry and be a blessing to the kingdom of God, even where they're at, no matter what age they are, gender. Yeah. And, uh, and, And so if we treat them like kids, they may walk away thinking, that the youth ministry is not a place for them. But if we treat right. them as peers, it becomes easier to build that, that trust and camaraderie. But, um, but now to, and to your point with the, the size thing, yeah. with, uh, with that, especially if you're talking about a smaller um, youth ministry with the eventual goal of uh, perhaps maybe growing it a tad bit, having those students that uh, have, maybe if you have a small group uh, ministry of a youth ministry of maybe two to five students, really pour into them as the youth pastor and maybe your one or two youth ministers uh, to build them up as peer leaders that uh, sort of like I said earlier about the vision casting thing, speaking to them like, hey, when we get new students, you guys can be the peer leaders for the group to sort of come around, wrap your arm around them and just simply be that person that can support them and even maybe even coach them on some of the spiritual growth that uh, that you can have. Maybe have uh, that person uh, lead a devotional one night uh, or or, or lead the the group in a song of worship that one night. Uh, Those little, little opportunities along the way could sort of be the foundational structure of establishing that trust so that way when they graduate they right. can become your next generation of youth ministers um then you've already groomed them and, and sort of poured into them over the exactly. years exactly um you know because like i said the students they have spiritual gifts too and we forget that you know youth ministries sometimes we get into this habit of it being a one directional approach to ministry and we forget that they actually have spiritual gifts too and they can join uh in on the fun of of serving the lord Absolutely. i mean if a student walks out of the youth ministry at the end of their four years of high school and they never did anything in the youth ministry or led anything um i i bump the opinion that the church might have failed to properly equip them in the faith you know, it's uh, and that might be uh, a bit a bit of an extreme thing to say, but it's almost like um, with parenting, right? We want to we want to grow up our kids uh, to when they're 18 years old um, to be able to live as an adult and to balance a checkbook and to 
do their laundry and to pay their bills. And spiritual gift training is sort of that kind of a basic understanding of helping them understand who they are and where they can serve the kingdom of God. Um, I mean, we, we, we shouldn't be surprised that they want to leave the church after graduating if they're doing the same thing that they were doing before graduating, which was nothing, you know? <laughs> right. So it's like, uh, we want to be intentional about helping them understand who they are and who the Lord's calling them to be. So, um, but yeah, as far as the size of the, and I'm sorry, I got a little bit off no. track with the size. No, um, that's perfectly fine though. So <laughs> define it this way. What, what do you do in a small, what do you do with empowering youth in a, in a small, what's the big difference between the small and the medium, let's say? Yeah. So the medium to large groups, uh, so the smaller, like you said, there's going to be fewer things to do, fewer responsibilities, fewer things to delegate because there's simply just uh, less opportunities to, um, to, to uh, engage with a larger number of students. Obviously, when you get to medium and large, you get more guests, you have more roles. Somebody can be a welcoming um, committee. Somebody could be a part of the worship team. Someone can be a part of the tech team if, you're, if your room is big enough and your service is big enough. So you, you have more opportunities that grow as you grow larger. Um, and so, uh, regardless of the size, though, um, uh, one thing that they are going to probably guard more uh, is because you get you get some students that want to hide their feelings and their emotions. But one thing I think that they guard even more than that is their friends list. And uh -huh. so, in order for them to be wanting to bring their their friends to the youth ministry, regardless of the right. sizes, it's not that they don't trust or do trust the youth pastor. Most do, and that's not the issue. The question is, is do they trust their peers enough? Because when they bring their friend over to the youth service, it's the friends, it's the peers that are going to be um, uh, uh, loving on that new guest. And so when you're a small youth ministry, really hone in on what does it mean to be a, to relationship build with these new guests coming in? Because you want to be able to love on them and just bless them in a, in a marvelous way. And then when you start to grow into the medium size, then you can say, okay, now we've got, we've got a team that can do this and a team that can do that. And you can start to see, okay, what's your spiritual gifts? You have those little assessment quizzes that you can take to find out and you sort of drop people in. And then finally, when you get to the larger size, then you've got a whole system going on yeah. and where you've got empowered team leaders um, that can really just sort of be the guides uh, and rally these folks in. And then you have uh, dates set in advance of, of how the students are going to get involved. And, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into that as well. Oh, but, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're, I think you're right on because I don't think you can, I don't think you can, I think you have to be intentional is what I'm hearing. Uh, how you grow from empowering students in a small youth ministry to empowering students in a large ministry, because if you're not intentional about it, you'll start running things the way you've always run them. Yeah. And that some principles from a small group don't translate to a medium group. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and they don't transfer your role as the leader changes. Yes. From small to medium to large. Uh, Cause if your role doesn't change, then that's going to probably inhibit uh, the opportunities yeah. uh, that students can really get involved in and what leaders will get involved in. So let me then go back to this then. How do you balance, and this question is not on our list, Sean, so you're going to have to think on your feet here, because the challenge, uh, and I can speak of myself, that one of the challenges about having your adult leaders and your student leaders is that 
when you give away your ministry to student leaders, there's not as much for your adult leaders to do. And I can say that maybe from a small youth group, right? You say, Hey, mm-hmm. the kids run the show, the kids do the thing. And then your adults are like, you know, well, what do I do? And why don't I get to sing in the band? And why don't I get to do these things? Why, why do the kids get all the opportunities? I signed up to do this. And so what, how then do you meet the challenges and how does those that are watching and those that are listening meet the challenges of, of adults who says, well, I signed up for youth ministry. I have gifts and talents, mm-hmm. but you're doing student empowerment ministry and, but they have gifts and talents. So how do you strike them the balance uh, between those two things? Yeah. That tension. And, yes, absolutely. Uh, great question. I, I, I wanted to uh, just simply ask the question is, is do we, are we instilling into the youth ministry um, thinking about church more than just on Sundays at 12 o'clock or 10 a.m., depending on when you have your service. Right. Uh, what about Monday through Saturday? And so this sort of opens up the concept of, well, what can you do? Um, and then well, if you have youth leaders that are interested in, in wanting to do a little bit more throughout the week, um, I would encourage folks, hey, have you ever had the opportunity of, of, of mentoring the students that are placed into your care? And, and you'd want to establish a good ratio of students to leaders, right? You don't want to have an abundance of leaders and then you're standing around, you got 10 leaders and five students. That's just not, you know, a, a proper- Not good math. <laughs> right. Not you know, good math. I don't want to be the scientific formula of how many students to leaders ratio. I mean, I'm sure that's up for discussion among other people, but at least have some sort of ability where you can place different students into a leader's care. So, and we'll get into this more about with empowered team leaders is that you can have a youth leaders double up as a youth leader that mentors and builds a relationship with a student on a normal basis throughout the mm-hmm. week. But then that same person can also be an empower team leader where they actually do and help out with the coaching. See, mentoring and coaching is different. It's the coaching of a spiritual gift to help a student do something for a future service coming up. So you can sort of plan ahead if you want to. Um, with your empowered teams, but um, there is a little bit more of an organic approach to smaller groups. Uh, I mean, you can go to a coffee shop on a whim and, uh, and, sure. or you can go to the, the local amusement park and just on the fly. But uh, you know, when you start to get to a medium size, uh, you can't do that because you might leave Johnny or Susie behind uh, if you, if you do it the day before, right. you have to start planning ahead. So um, yeah, there's, there's that balance that you have to strike with that. Right. And that, once again, goes back to intention, I hear you saying, where not only do you have to be, you know, you have to be able to plan, you have to be able to structure the youth ministry in such a way where your leaders get it. They have to understand that they're not coming into a traditional youth ministry where the leaders, the adults do everything Mm -hmm. and the youth just watch you. Yeah. Yeah. Perform. And, And you have to then lay out opportunities for the leaders to say, okay, you may not get you, and tell them up front, right? Tell them up front, listen, you may not get your shot every week at being whatever. I mean, this is going to be students being empowered and so forth. Most of your ministry will be done outside of this meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or during like an upcoming service or whatnot. And, uh, right. and, and we might begin ahead of ourselves with the Empower teams, but there's, yes. there's different levels of activity that you can have of, of having certain Empower teams do something every week and, and other Empower teams do something a little bit scheduled. And then you can have a full, full-blown student-led service that goes all out as well. But, right. uh, um, but get, sorry, I don't want to get ahead. If, no, uh, no, 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 no. 
no, that is perfectly okay because I think the I think because it's so it's so intermeshed, isn't it, Sean? It's, yes, yeah. it's it's all so intermeshed that that you have to be aware of what is happening in growth, uh, in your adult leadership. You're always aware of what's happening, and so I I think this is all it all kind of goes together. Um, in regards to that. So I think you're, I think you're on base. I don't think you're, you're getting off topic because I think it's all the same topic. It's just in these different little pieces and parts and those that are watching and those that are listening, I hope you're taking notes. I hope that you're writing some of these things down because you may be in one of these, right? You're in a small, medium or large. You may be asking, what do I do in this, right? What do I do in this, uh, at this part or at this stage of ministry? right? What do I do uh, to get this leader and that leader? And we're going to jump into that here in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to, I promise we're going to get to the actual meat of the, uh, of this, which is how do you empower students? But you have to remember before you even start handing out jobs, there's structure, there's yes. foundation, there's things you have to build yes. before these things happen. Otherwise you are going to indirectly uh, build something that's that's probably going to collapse later on if you're not aware of these things. Is that about right, Sean? Absolutely. You got to get buy-in and excitement um, when you cast vision. Uh, it's some. It has to be something that people can can say, "I'm going to be a part of that," or "I want to be a part of that." It has to be right. big enough to allow them to be uh, involved with the ministry opportunity as well. And uh, I mean that includes parents too. Parents have got to be. Um, a, a part of that vision casting as well, because believe it or not, or, or like it or not, they actually are key stakeholders in the success of our youth ministries. You have jumped right into the next question, Sean, and I appreciate that, that the parents, if parents don't understand what you're doing, they're gonna, you're going to get questions like, well, what do we pay you for then? <laughs> If the students are doing all the ministry, is that not a fair question? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it is a fair question. Absolutely. Uh, and, and my response would be is, is that uh, we want to be able to help the student understand uh, not only what their spiritual gifts are, but also how to utilize them in the church. We want to be able to uh, grow up our students to be fully devoted, fully devoted followers of Christ. And in order to do that, you sort of have to have some sort of a training ground. And, and that's, that's sort of uh, how I've seen youth ministry in the past is a training ground for our students to, to learn that. Because when, by the time you get to adult church, if they didn't know what their spiritual gifts are, they might just say, well, I'm just going to go to a service and then I'll, and then I'll head on out. You know, right. but so if you want to really have a, a thriving generational successful ministry at your church, you've got to start when they're when they're younger. If you set up your worship leaders when they're students, you've got worship leaders for the next five to ten to fifteen plus years right. that you can have for your adults. And and that's just one example. Oh yeah. And and if if you do that right, like I said, you like you just said, you perpetuate it. You create a a forward motion where and you've probably seen this in in your church and other places where a kid starts out playing the drums in mm -hmm. your youth service yeah. Yeah. and he is eventually on the worship team and the adult service before long yes and he Absolutely. makes that tra transition which by the way parents are happy about yes they're happy they see that but not all parents are pleased with that they're they they want things for their kids they they just don't know what they want for them sometimes <laughs> uh but tell me why parents then are such an integral part of the process of student leadership 
Yeah. Uh, well, I'll give one, probably one of the most obvious ones is the whole driving situation, right? There's, there's yeah. now the, there's data showing that uh, students are getting their licenses later and later. So somebody's got to drive them. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and if you're, if you're not on the same page with parents and if you're uh, interfering with the family calendar uh, and not respecting the time of the family, uh, the family, you're, you're going to force the family to make a decision between, well, we told them we were going to visit them because we have a birthday party, but you just told us now a week before the event that there's a youth ministry event. You know, right. you don't want to put families in that awkward situation. So that advanced communication is key. I mean, and, and, and building that rapport, like I found um, that five to 10 minutes after a Sunday service in the lobby is some of the yeah. best time to build rapport with parents. And, and you don't have to discuss big stuff, but, but because you just simply go over there, say hi, you know, just uh, small talk kind of things, when and if big things do come up, you've built that rapport with them and it'll be a lot easier to sort of have that serious conversation in the future. But um, I think that, um, and I'm a little bit more administrative when I come at it from this end is, is to have a sure. little bit of more of a communication system where you've got a, um, a quarterly calendar, a monthly newsletter. And if you're really gung ho about it, you can even do like a weekly email depending sure. on how crazy folks like to get with their communication. Right. So that way you've got, you know, different milestone markers for the events coming up. And by doing that, um, you increase the success of your events too, right? You, you have oh, yeah. less, um, less times when you, you might even actually benefit the tithing of the church, because if, if you don't tell folks in advance that they need a couple hundred dollars for the next retreat, now you've put the family in an awkward position of, do I tithe yes. or do I give money to this? So you're actually now impacting the bigger church yes. by your communication system as well. So it's just an all around uh, success is, has to be done uh, by and um, getting them on the same page because they can promote the youth events for you while they're at home too. Exactly. And so when you get them on the same page and you help them understand why you want to do a student-led youth ministry, they can then come at it from the uh, home angle and encourage their students to, to take part. Okay. So you have laid, we have laid the foundation for all of these things. And I hope youth workers, you have stuck with us. You've listened all the way through to get to this point, because all of these components, they're all in the book uh, by Sean called Youth Empowered, uh, Youth Empowered. And it is a phenomenal book, it breaks it down for you. But now we're at that place where Sean talk about these empowered teams, because eventually you're going to go from one-on-one individual empowerment, right, to then uh, multiplying that empowerment into teams. So what, what are they? And then how does a youth pastor use them to get students involved? Absolutely. So empower teams, they're groups where students can become actively engaged in ministry by developing and utilizing their spiritual gifts. We've sort of been touching on it a little bit so far uh, for the purpose of the kingdom of God, regardless of how old they are or their gender. They encourage students to get involved within a safe environment. And that's the key is that because uh, students are going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes when we're getting started in ministry. So you want to have a safe environment where that's okay. Yeah. And that creates organic opportunities for mentorship to take place between uh, the youth leaders and the students. And a lot of churches kind of already are doing elements or glimpses of these empower teams. Like a, I mentioned earlier about a student uh, uh, leading the group in worship for a sure. night or, mm -hmm. or a student leading a, a game 
for one night, for example. So there's elements of it sprinkled within a lot of churches. Um, but to, so the empower team model just simply gives structure to it, a framework to it. So, and they're led by uh, an, an empower team leader. We mentioned that earlier yep. where a youth minister or youth leader, um, who maybe already might be in, in the youth ministry already. They don't have to be. When I was involved with the youth ministry at my church, we had folks that came in just to be an empower team leader for uh, like, for example, worship leaders or tech, or sorry, worship and power team leaders and uh, tech empower team leaders. Those are typically good examples of folks that come in just uh, to, to bless the, the students with that, that focused, uh, that training. Right. Right. And uh, but, but it is, also likely that your youth leaders that you already have are good candidates to be empowered team leaders who can help uh, oversee a certain group. And um, the empowered team will focus on a certain spiritual gift area. So you've got maybe a, a teaching team, a prayer team, a social media team, tech team, um, and, and so forth, outreach team. Um, I offer 10 examples in uh, the book Youth Empowered that, and it kind of goes through descriptions of each of those. And and you break it down so well, and that's where these adults come in, right? That's where now they're not leaning up against the wall and with their arms folded, or they're disgruntled because they feel like their gifts are not being used to their potential, you know, for for whatever reason. But now they're in, they're in a process of of empowerment that says, look, you're going to lead this team of tech, or you're going to lead this team of social media, or you're you're going to find whatever they're good at and say, okay, multiply yourself. That's yes. how I'm, um, for lack of a better term, grading, right? That's, the, that's how I'm seeing fruitfulness of the ministry is to, is, are you passing on what you know mm-hmm. and, and how God's gifted you? Are you passing that on to other like-minded students who then can uh, use their gift similar to yours and then you, you multiply that? Right. Absolutely. And as your youth ministry grows, you'll find that the Lord's going to bless you with people at the, at the perfect time, mind you, of course, because that's who God Absolutely. is, uh, Absolutely. with the next leader or the next student that will really just launch your, your youth ministry into the next area, because not every church is going to be able to launch all 10 groups at the same time. That's just not feasible, right? I mean, right. That's, that's just 10 examples. And that's some, right. uh, some youth ministries might be ready for one uh, empower team over here, but another church over there might actually be ready for a different empower team. And the key is, is that you don't launch an empower team until you have the resources available for it and the leader in place to help mentor and coach those students for it. So that way nobody gets burned out. Nobody's expecting too much. Yep. Um, you can reach up to the adult ministry. If you really need a uh, worship night, for example, and you don't have a worship empower team in place, just simply, you know, get in touch with the adult church worship team and schedule something in advance. So you, you have that, 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 um, that upline uh, support for when you really need something if you don't have an empower team in place for it yet. Right. And you don't always have the students, right? right. There's things you want exactly. to do, but you don't have students that are in that gifting or in that yes. calling or in that zone. And, and if you don't have students like that, it's not going to pay off to try to that and, you know, fit square pegs in round holes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's best to just choose like from the list in your book, or expanding that list or using whatever you have to say, you know, if I have a bunch of kids who are, let's say they're skaters, well, you may have to figure out what that looks like because <laughs> they're not going to buy into traditional youth ministry. 
yeah. necessarily. Yeah. They're going to buy into a, a different, maybe a different uh, unstructured or a little more radical uh, format uh, mm-hmm. that you want to do. And you have to start with what you have instead mm-hmm. of trying to shoehorn people into this uh, model, right? The model is just, is, is just an example. Every youth worker has to read your book and then figure out what it looks like in their youth ministry, small, medium, or large. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, from there, the, the groups can sort of be involved at different levels. I alluded to it a little bit earlier with the, um, how most, most of the Empower teams have something they can do every week, like welcome right. team. You can welcome the guests and be there to befriend yes. the guests. Uh, then you've got something like tech team. You've always got your tech responsibilities. Prayer team, you can always meet for prayer before the service. You know, so there's certain things that happen every week. Simple things. And, yeah. And then, that even skaters can do, by the way. <laughs> Skate, I'm, not, I'm not putting things skaters down. I'm just saying you have to fit the format to where you're at. And, but skaters can pray and yeah. welcome and things like that. They may, they may not be able to put, you may not be able to put a band together. You may have zero talent for worship mm-hmm. team. Yeah, yeah. And but you know you'll know when it's time when you get one or or a handful of students that come up to you and say this would be really cool and it's yes. like that's so awesome that you suggested that you sound like the perfect candidate to help get this thing launched <laughs> and that's that's how it goes with that yes um, and then there's there's what I like to call featured empower teams uh, where and this is something that we did when when I was uh, overseeing the the student led youth ministry at my churches where um, you've got all empower teams doing a little bit of something every week and then every week there's one empower team that does something a little extra. So um, I'll give you a couple examples. Like for example, we have our teaching empower team and we had a student come up uh, and give a five minute mini sermon in the middle of either the beginning of the sermon of, or, the, or the middle of it uh, where they just came up. So that's like a little five minute deal. Uh, or the prayer team we had actually at one time, which I believe was one of the most powerful youth services um, I was a part of was at the end of it, the prayer and power team came up and we all dedicated our electronic devices to the Lord. We put them on the altar and the, pra- the student prayer team wow. prayed over everybody's electronic devices um, or you know, you could even have a hospitality team have a, a, a pancake breakfast for that one uh, Sunday. So it's just every week there's something different and it creates this sort of eagerness, this sort of expectancy that students are always going to wonder, hey, what's going to happen this week? Of course, they know when they're up, but they don't know what everybody else's teams are doing. And uh, it puts a right. lot of uh, weight off of the pastor's shoulder to try and be creative all the time that, oh, I, I don't know what yes. icebreaker to do. Well, you know, maybe the welcome empowered team or, or, or hospitality, depending on who, how you designate that, maybe they've got a great icebreaker that they can yeah. do for that yeah. week. And then, of course, there's yeah. the last I, I, level. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, don't go ahead. The last level. Oh, yeah. So last level involvement um, is your full-out student-led service. I mean, where literally all of the elements of the, of the service are done by the students and empower teams. And usually all the empower teams come together and do it and usually feature a drama or a skit from the creative team. Uh, or, and, and then of course the, the students uh, preach the word of God, which by the way, if you've never had your students preach the word of God, you've got to give it a try. They sometimes, they have some of the most powerful testimonies in their hearts that they have to share with their peers so much. Yep. I mean, there's certain sermons that I could not have even done it as good as my students did. And so um, of course you got to find the right ones who have that gifting naturally, yep. but, uh, but you've got to try that out. So they would preach the sermon, they do the worship, they do everything. Those do not, do not happen every week. Those happen um, 
there's there's no secret to how many times a year you do them. Uh, they can be once a quarter. They could be a couple times a quarter, really. But they're kind of like your anchors in your youth ministry yep. calendar. Yep. So you set them far enough in advance. Everybody knows, and then everybody can plan to do something for them. And, and that's that's the point, right? That's really what they have to build into, right? Mm. They If you have once a quarter, they're working towards something. Yes. They're always working towards that that student-led service. They know that once a quarter, it's theirs. I've heard it called student takeover. Yes. I've, I've heard it called multiple things. But I think that that does wonders in a youth ministry because they have something to look forward to all the time instead of, well, Sean, how are you going to dazzle me this week? Uh, <laughs> what great game do you have for me this week? And what I was going to say early was I'm, I'm coaching a young man right now who, uh, uh, and I asked him, I said, why? He's talking about a game and he couldn't figure it out. I said, I said why are you doing that? I said, mm, yeah. I said, why is that any of your business? I said, I said, if you're struggling with it, then maybe you're not supposed to be doing it. I said, yeah. best, why don't you have one of your adult leaders? And now he handed it off to one of his adult leaders and he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. If we can get stuck in such a rut of that creative thing that we think we're supposed to be all the time. And we could just take that off our plate, give it to somebody else who would really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, they said, they told me a week later, says, man, I gave this task to so-and-so. Man, they love doing that. I will. Yeah. What a shocker. Yeah. What a shocker. They yeah, you, and it's off your plate. You empower a, a youth leader who then empowers the students exactly. and gets them involved. So the youth leader will, or youth empowered team leader, will coach the students on how to execute that ministry opportunity. And so um, you just simply need to know what, hey, what are you doing? Oh, that's great. Here's something that you can do. You know, so he's, it's very on the fly, you know, eagle-eyed yes. perspective, coaching yep. and mentorship at that level. Uh, and you let them sort of be and use their spiritual giftings uh, yes. with their empower team. Exactly. So I'll tell you, youth workers that are listening and watching, why are you doing that? Mm, why do yeah. you keep doing those things? Why is it? Why is it? I mean, if you're the, are you the really the only person that can do that? Are you mm. really the only person that can lead the game? Are you really the only person that can sing? Are you really the only person to play guitar? If you are, uh, God bless you. You have to do it then. But mm. if you're not, find somebody. There's somebody in your room dying to do that role to mm -hmm. be involved in what you're doing. Stop sucking all the air out of the room with, with having to do it all. Give, give some air to other people and let them shine and do. Mm -hmm. And when we find our spiritual gift and we are able, given the opportunity to do it, we get energy. We, we find energy to be up at one or two or three in the morning because this is something that the Lord has yep. called us to do. But yep. if it's something that's not in our gifting, it is drudgery. It is, that's not what ministry is supposed to be. That's not what the church is supposed to be at all. So right. um, if you're feeling that, uh, I would say definitely find and, and link arms with somebody who does have the spiritual giftings of what your needs are within the youth ministry to co to partner with you and team up with you. Exactly. All right. Let me offer you one last question here, Sean, as we begin to wrap this up, we had a question from MYM resources over on Instagram there, and that's middle, um, uh, middle school ministry uh, resources. And they ask, what are the ways you have seen churches include students in whole church decisions? That is a, uh, that's a big question. So yeah. I'm going to throw it to you and you must have a good answer, Sean. <laughs> Uh, or MYM is going to be disappointed. So uh, go ahead and give it your best shot. But don't worry. I, no pressure. Yeah. 
I, I'm sold out to this idea of student-led youth ministry. I believe this is the future of youth ministry. I really do. I believe this is the next 20 to 30 years of youth ministry. Um, I believe that the millennials and the Gen Zers um, are awakening and they want a more tangible, interactive faith. And uh, if they don't get that from the church, they're gone. And not because they don't believe in God, but because they want to use their energy for something that can, they, they can impact the world around them. Right. So if they're not getting that opportunity in the church, they're going to find it elsewhere. Um, and then, and then say that, oh yeah, I'm going to read my Bible in my own spare time. So that's why um, to, to, to this question, uh, I, I don't know if there are any churches that I know. Uh, and I actually, I tried to look for a resource like this, uh, like Youth Empowered. I tried looking for one. There's a lot of books out there, a lot of great phenomenal youth ministry books, mind you, yes. um, that say that students get, should get involved. I don't the Disciple with Project is one of those books, by the way. Just a quick, <laughs> a quick, uh, a quick plug: uh, the Disciple Project uh, available at thedisciplesproject.net. But we're not talking about my book, Sean. We're talking. <laughs> Yeah, and, and a lot of them do. They, they, they'll, they'll encourage that students should get involved. But um, as far as an actual roadmap um, that, that really gives the methodology and the structure behind it, um, I, was, I was not able to find one, which is sort of why, and I'm sure they're out there, but yes. um, uh, Disciple Project. Uh, but I, I, that's sort of the, one of the reasons why this book was sort of written was that I don't see that happening in the churches as much right now. Where church, on, on where, a church, on a whole church scale, exactly, where kids are involved in those kinds of decisions. Yeah, where there's yeah. a student liaison um, that, and maybe they're not in the board of directors, you know, tr board of trustees meetings. I'm not saying that, but something where you have some sort of connection between the ranks of 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 having a student voice, and that's one of the empower team examples that I give. It's a leadership empower team that actually cons uh, asks for the um, input of uh, a handful of students to be the voice of the student body and to, to help shape the direction of the youth ministry. And that can trickle upwards uh, from the youth pastor to senior leadership somehow, whether they're involved at, at the table of decision-making or, or indirectly either way. Um, so, uh, but to answer that question, I don't know of any churches. I hope and pray that that is indeed the future of youth ministry. I, I truly believe that is where we're going with this. Um, when we start to see uh, our youth as peers instead of kids, um, that's that's it's it's the future. Uh, absolutely, and, I, and and just on a basic scale, I can only say uh, as far as a church decision. I mean, I've been interviewed as part of the interview process. There are been have been one church I was in. They had a student council, if you will, uh, that interviewed me. They asked me questions, so they were uh, participating in the hiring of their own youth worker, their own youth pastor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the degree that, you know, they had to give feedback, they had to tell the pastors what they thought and so forth. And, and, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's a, a powerful way to, to allow kids to have some agency in their life, uh, because teenagers can't control very much. They don't have very much control. Of it. They have to get rides or they don't drive or they have zero power at school. Imagine a kid being on a team in your church that actually has uh, some input into who the leader is going to be mm -hmm. of their youth ministry. Yeah. It's a pretty good gig. It's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good way to uh, structure things to where students feel like they're involved at a, at a macro level yeah. uh, of what the church decides. Yeah, and kind of establishing that culture. You mentioned that word enmeshed earlier, which I thought was really good to describe that.
Yeah, it is all enmeshed for sure. Well, Sean, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight and your, your, your book, uh, Youth Empowerment, is a phenomenal book. Uh, talk about where, first of all, talk about where people can buy it. Certainly. Uh, it's available on your uh, big retail sellers online. So your Amazon, your Barnes and Noble, your Christian book. Uh, yep. They might be on some other websites I don't know of. I'm not sure. But those three for sure, I know. And um, if you type in, so if you don't know how to spell my name, uh, if you just type in the three words, Youth Empowered Amazon on Google, I'm the first I'm the first result up there. So you can, you can find my book that way as well. But if you want to go to my website, if you're into... Um, youth ministry or small group ministry too. Um, I publish content every week on my website for free. I've got 75 plus articles on my website for your reading pleasure. Uh, so if you're interested in those topics, I really encourage you to check out my website this month. I'm actually <clears throat> writing a new chapter for youth empowered for free uh, because of this all the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a whole digital side of youth empowered ministry that book, the book, of course, it wasn't even on our radar at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, so uh, I'm taking that opportunity now. So if you want tune in every week this month, you're going to get uh, a brand new chapter of youth empowered completely for free for, for you to read on my website, seanbono.com. That is fantastic. All these will be in the show notes, or if you're watching, they're going to be down in the uh, doobly-doo down there. And uh, Sean, where if people want to talk to you, if they want to hit you up and talk more about student ministry and, and empowerment, uh, where can they find you? Absolutely. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's just, my, my handles are both just my name, no spaces, so Sean Bono. And um, also, too, you can feel free to email me. My, my email address is on the website as well. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be delighted to get in touch with you and chat. Sean, I want to thank you so much uh, for being here on the Youth Ministry Motion podcast. But I also want to thank you for writing Youth Empowered. It's a it's a great read. Uh, it's not a, a huge book. It's not 250. It's not a a tome. Uh, it's a simple process that you have laid out for youth workers to build and structure their student ministry around uh, empowering students to do uh, serve uh, and to and to be. Um, kingdom builders within your youth ministry. So I want to thank you for writing it. Praise God. Thank you so very much, Paul. It has been an absolute delight and a pleasure and an honor to be on your show tonight. Thanks, Sean. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Was that not tremendous? Is Sean not such a delight uh, for him just delivering his passion to you about student-led ministry? And I hope that you'll check out his book, Youth Empowered, and that you will um, contact him. Let him know he did a good job and uh, let him know that you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and consider going over to iTunes, leaving a review. Uh, that helps the podcast get found uh, over there on iTunes and other places. Uh, feel free to leave comments over at soundcloud.com slash yminmotion. And uh, let me know what you think. Would love your uh, thoughts and your ideas. So that's it for today, guys. Appreciate you listening. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. You've been listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast with Paul Turner. Visit thediscipleproject.net to sign up for the Youth Ministry Roundup newsletter and get powerful and practical youth ministry tools in your inbox every month.